gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Well, as soon as John Greenwich was made captain, the script was written. Him lifting the Championship trophy, getting his boyhood club to the Premier League. He will always be Aston Villa's Jack Greenwich. Hello and welcome back to the Gathering the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. I'm Regan, you can find me on Twitter at FindFoy, and today I'm joined once again by Mark. Hello everybody, it's Mark Jarebi here, you can find me on Twitter at VillamarkPGH. Hope everybody's doing well, getting excited. Uh, got, what, 30 days until the uh, until the preseason game in the USA, huh Regan? Yeah, I bet you're excited for that, you're going, aren't you? Oh uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy for me. I've had a lot of people from uh, overseas that I follow and talk to on a pretty semi-decent basis and they ask me if I'm going I'm going I'm actually it's a 13-hour car ride I'm not flying because it's the middle of July and prices are astronomical but yeah 13 hours in a car that's just one way it's gonna it's it's worth it though it's for the villa ouch I, I don't think I could do 13 hours in a car um at any point and what for whatever reason yeah, it's tough. It's not for everybody. Uh, that's that's the thing I'm I'm hearing from a lot of my English friends is why is America so big? I'm like, oh, you know, but you travel, you know, it's it's beautiful. It'll be a nice drive, but yeah, 13 hours. I say that to most of my Brit friends, and they're just like, you are absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, some some away days can be some can be pretty tough, but you know, I think 13 hours for a for a game is is something you, you should be proud of. Yeah, well, I had a couple of people actually tell me that. They were like, you know, you, you've never made it to Villa Park yet. You know, I'm still planning on it. And, you know, it's one of those things that are definitely in the uh, the plans and whatnot. But they said a 13-hour thir- drive, you know, that's 26 hours there and back. Um, obviously split through a couple of days. But they said that that's that's a pretty impressive uh, away day outing. <laughs> yeah, but let's 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 delve back into the uh, the joys of the summer, shall we? Uh, it's been a while since we did the last the last podcast, and there's been a lot of news, a lot of changes around the club, and lots of stuff to talk about. Um, so, firstly, we've got two new permanent signings, uh, both of which were at the club last season. Uh, Anwar Al Ghazi's completed a permanent move to Aston Villa, rumored to be around a four and a half million pound move. Um, which is a great signing for Villa, really. He's shown that he has the potential to be an absolute game-breaker for the club. Yeah, I love it. I I, I have had a really, really big feeling they were actually going to activate a clause in his uh, in his loan agreement that he had this past season. I, we, we saw what he's capable of at Wembley. And the biggest gripe that I'm seeing through this uh, signing is that, play, uh, that uh, most Villa supporters think that he's a player that just shows up when he wants to. Um, but I think that now that we're in the Premier League, I think you may see that a little bit more. Um, not to say that he's a wishy-washy player by by any means. That you know, I don't I don't have that opinion that he just shows up whenever he wants. But I think that you know, getting into the Premier League, the admiration he has for the fans, the support he got from the fans this past season in the Championship, I think that's all going to spur him on. I think he's going to find a new home here. I I, I really do feel, and it, it, again, it's just my opinion. I think he's going to be a big, big, massive piece to our first year back in the Premier League. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, we still need depth on the wings. I do agree with that, but I, I think he plays a prominent part this season, Regan. I, I have to agree. I mean, like, the, the, the thing is for me that he, he's part of the continuity from, from last season. You know, we've we've let go a whole load of uh, older players like Alan Hutton and Mille Jednak and Glenn Whelan. But we need to have as many of the players that got us promoted in and around the squad 
Um, you know, and that can only be a positive. And that's exactly why the second signing that we're going to talk about is Courtney Hawes, um, who was announced this week, actually on Monday, that uh, he would be joining on a permanent deal for around three million pounds from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, you know, it's a, I'd say it's a bit of a bargain. Yeah, for me, that that's a bargain for three million pounds to have a squad player like that. And, you know, just like you were talking about with Al Ghazi, you want to bring as many players in and get that that home family feeling that they had of this past year. You know, there's a lot that goes into that as far as just being familiar with the club. You're familiar with the training areas. You're familiar with the staff. You're familiar with the tea lady. It sounds really silly, but all those things really matter when you're talking about the, the absolute top of professional playing in any type of sport, you want to make sure you're comfortable. So bringing in, you know, such success of last season, you want to do anything you can to emulate that exact same feeling, that exact same culture you had in the previous year with getting horse over the line, with getting El Ghazi over the line. That, that, that's beautiful, wonderful things for the club. It, it may not be the marquee signings everybody's wanting, you know, with the payroll that Villa and I'll have at their disposal, but it, it's still a great, great thing. And we, we need that. Villa needs that going forward. Well, that and we can actually uh, field a centre-back pairing now with Chester and Horse. Right, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that we now have an actual senior centre-back pairing from last season. It feels feels uh, much better so far. We'll, we'll see what what's going to happen in the coming weeks here. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely an, a, another probably two, maybe even three centre-backs going to be coming in unless we see the likes of Isa Solomon or Dominic Revan making the step up. But I, I can really see uh, two, at, at least two, maybe even three joining uh, before the end of the window. Yeah, I'm with you there too. And, you know, there, there's a couple supporters on social media that are starting to get a little antsy. I don't blame them about being antsy about the lack of center back depth at this moment in time. Like I said, uh, it's I think it was 27 or 26 days until the preseason game in Minnesota now. So, uh, you know, yeah, Villa supporters would like to, you know, get a little bit of affirmation to know who's going to be on the team by then, and they, they would like to do it quickly. But, you know, you have to take their time. There has to be a lot of patience involved. There's so many moving pieces right now in the Premier League and even the championship for some of the players we're looking at in defense. But, it, you know, I, I trust in Dean Smith. I, tr- I trust all the staff that, that make those decisions. It's just I do understand the, the anxiety almost of Villa supporters of like, are we going to get Mings? Are we going to get him over the line? Are we not going to get him over the line? It's not a popular opinion. I personally don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think the sky falls down if Mings does not come to Villa. Obviously, it would be great if he does. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, you know, I, I just don't think that if that falls through for one reason or another or 50 different reasons, I think Villa is going to be all right. And they have the people at the club that will be able to find someone that will be an adequate replacement for him. I think they've probably been looking at re- like the replacement for him regardless. I think I do think we will sign him. I don't think there's any way we won't. Um, but I think there's there's someone lined up just in case. Yeah, and you see it in the media, and like that, it might even be one of those cases where you know Villa's starting to get linked with a couple other different center backs that are maybe kind of Mings like in a way. You know, big you know hulking kind of defenders with you know a little bit of ball skills to them, ball playing defenders, things of that nature. But that might just be out there, you know, as a ploy to be like, hey, Tyrone, you know, if, if you don't want to join, we can find somebody else. It's fine. But I, I again, I have, I have the same opinion you do that he does get over the line. I just think it's very antsy, and it, you're seeing a bunch of supporters every time Villa shares something on Twitter. Or on on Facebook, you're seeing announcements, announcements, and it's fine. Like I get it, everybody wants them in, but I mean, I don't, I don't think that our season is a success or a failure with Mings or without Mings. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's, there's another bit of transfer news that we should probably be talking about, and that's uh, the, the signing of Wesley. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Marias. Um, yeah, Marias, I believe. Yeah. 
but we're just going to call him Wesley or Big Wes as the uh, the rest of the community is calling him. Um, to the tune of around twenty two million English pounds, uh, which makes him our, our transfer record. Um, a lot of people think that Darren Bent is uh, our record at twenty two million, but it's in fact eighteen million. Uh, the record. Um, if we would have been paying uh, the add-ons for Darren Bent, it would have gone up to around twenty four million. But as far as I'm aware, the add-ons were not paid, and even if they were, they only take the base sum as the record. Um, so yeah, big Wes. What, what what do you think of that deal, Mark? I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, you're probably not going to hear this from a lot of blogs or a lot of podcasts when it comes to Villa. I had zero knowledge about this man. I had no idea about him. I I didn't know he could have been five foot six. He could have been seven foot one. I wouldn't have had a clue. Um, but after we signed him, I, I did my own fair share of research over you know about three or four days. I think this is a really really good signing for Villa, and obviously that's a popular opinion. You know he he's. He's a big-bodied striker. He can, you know, fill the back of the net. He has a little bit of a flair for, you know, unique passes, a little bit of flair in that area. My thing with him is is that you have a big-bodied top of, of the team striker. Now, Villa seems to have always had one of those in different types. Obviously, the first thing you're going to think about when you think of big-bodied, abled, physical strikers is Christian Benteke, at least in, in the modern time. Um, I understand, like, where the comparisons come up, but for me, like, I think Wes is going to have to make his own um, path here. He's going to have to beat his own path and he's just going to have to be his own player. Um, the thing that really gets me about Wesley is that um, no matter what you see on different scouting reports and from actual people that have watched him over in the Belgian league, he is a little aggressive and I'm okay with that. I think Villa is lacking that little bit of a cutting edge and I'm not expecting him to step onto the field and be a hard man by any chance. I'm not asking for you know a big marquee signing that's a striker to turn into Roy Keane, but that little bit of aggressiveness and that little bit of I'm not going to take anything from anybody and I'm going to I'm going to lay it out on the line. I think Villa need that for their first season in the Premier League. You know, Aston Villa as a club are probably looking at a, at a you know three to five year plan here. I really, really think that he's going to be integral in that moving forward. I love the aggressiveness. I love that he can score goals. I love that he's also kind of like a hold up kind of striker where he can invite other people in. We've seen Villa uh, be really, really good with that, especially when it's like Keenan Davis or Jonathan Kaja up top. Even Tammy at some points last season, but Tammy seemed to be a little bit more individualistic. So I think this is a great signing for Villa. I, I, I'm really excited to play. I really hope he makes it over to the USA so I can see him live because he, he's just he's such a great player. I think something we're going to be wary of, obviously you mentioned the aggression. And, you know, you do want aggression in a side, but... I remember like that that word ag- aggressive striker just just makes me uh, get flashbacks to Jordan Ayew getting sent off in our relegation season. Um, yeah, you know the the striker is such an integral part of, of the uh, of the of the squad really the, of the first eleven. Um, so you know we don't really want him to be an issue. I mean, look at I, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, I think it's Moreos at uh, Rangers. He had something like eight or nine red cards for them last season. And, you know, that's something that we don't want to be uh, experiencing. Because, you know, Wesley gets sent off. That means we've got to replace a different kind of outfield player to bring a striker on in the form of Codger or whoever else. Yeah, for me, with the whole comparison to IU, I think that was a little bit of a different story. Um, IU's disciplinary problems for me came off as being petulant 
Um, it's almost like he had to come to Villa and he was supposed to be the man. And then he found out that the championship was a lot harder than he might have thought it was. And I think a lot of that was was born from just absolute petulance. Uh, I was a big fan of Ayu. I, I thought he was going to do really well here. And he did for, you know, all intents and purposes for what we needed him to do. Um, but I'm, for Wesley, like for the aggressiveness, it's not aggressive as in like, putting his hands up after he doesn't get a call and screaming at the referee. It's more like digging in the players a little bit and not even in a, in a violent way or anything like that. He's just very physical. And I think that defenders never really know what to do with someone who's not only the size that Wesley is, but also has the agility. Um, again, everybody looks good on YouTube highlights, um, but it really does seem like he, he switches his body around really well while the ball's at his feet and defenders don't expect him to do that because he's, he's, pretty tall and he's, he's got a good frame on him as far as physicality goes. I don't think you're going to see any type of petulant sending offs like straight reds or anything from him. I, I could be wrong again. I haven't, I haven't really seen the, the man play a full 90. Um, but I, I, I think that Villa needs someone who's going to put the, that's going to have the passion and going to have the aggressiveness. I'm not asking them to go out there and, you know, do something completely ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't ever want to see players go out there with the intent to injure the intent, intent to hurt the opponent. But I, I just think that, for our first season back in the Prem, for a statement signing, for someone who has Champions League experience, for someone who's rated very very highly from the league he's coming from, I'm all about it. I, I think he's going to be a hit at Aston Villa. Yeah, I, I'm sure he will too. And obviously, we're, we're just waiting on uh, his his work permit to uh, <clears throat> his work permit to be brought in at the moment, um, and then he can be officially unveiled or announced as an Aston Villa player. Uh, you know the deal is done. We're just waiting on him to get the the, the ratification from the Premier League. Right, and it, it it shouldn't be too much longer. That that process, especially when you're talking about you know the work permits, it it, you, it generally can take up to a week and a half, sometimes two weeks. I did a little bit of research on it. Um, there's a couple of Villa supporters that I've saw that's like, oh, it'll be the worst thing in the world if this bid's accepted for Wesley and then, you know, he doesn't get a work permit. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It wouldn't be the end of the world, but I see no tangible reason why he wouldn't be granted a, an international permit. I just, It just doesn't make sense for them to deny him. Yeah, I, th I think he will get it. I think, you know, the the, the price of the, uh, the deal plays a part and the fact that he's played within the Champions League also plays a part. Um but, you know, it's not it's not just players that Villa have been making moves to sign, though, Mark. Um, someone with your namesake, Mark Harrison, um, we signed from West Bromwich Albion, who's taken over at Villa as the uh, academy manager, replacing Sean Kimberley, who was... Uh, I don't know whether he was sacked or he left of his own accord. I think he was sacked um, a couple of months ago. Um and Harrison, Harrison's basically going to be leading the uh, the youth setup at Aston Villa. And uh, Christian Perslow has come out and said that you know he thinks he's the right man for the job at Villa, um, and the right man to continue the rich tradition of producing young players at the club. Yeah, I have I have no problem with with someone from West Brom who's the academy manager coming to Villa and being the academy manager. There, it seemed like it was a little bit of a split reaction. For most Villa supporters, uh, for me, I think this is just another intent by the club to want to start out in every area of the club with a clean slate going up to the Premier League. I'm okay with this. Uh, you know, Harrison's been there since 2006. You know, so he's been with the Baggies a long time. Obviously, something wasn't working out, or you know, he just wanted a new challenge, or Villa might have courted him to be like, "Hey, you know, we we just uh, Villa released a lot of youth players." You know, they, you know that that happened. Some players that me and you thought were gonna you know have a chance to break through in the next couple of years, they've been released. 
So, you know, the, the time is now to try to get either new youth, youth players in the door, get them playing the same way. Dean Smith has said multiple, multiple times he wants his youth team to play exactly like his first team. It's got to start somewhere. You know, it sucks for Sean Kimberly that he's been released and or sacked. You know, but if, if that's the way it's going to be, you know, you can't have old guard trying to play with the new guys. It, it generally doesn't work in terms of coaching and trying to solidify a culture where both teams, whether you're under 18, you're under 23 and your first team all playing the same way, all having the same mentality. I think it's a it's a great step for Villa in trying to conquer that kind of unity. It's not always easy to do in professional sports. I think this signing is, is definitely a really, really good thing in terms of trying to just get everybody together and on the same page. Yeah, and I mean, we might not see it pay off straight away. Um, you know, you, you've only got to look at the, the the talents that have been coming through the Baggies uh, youth system recently in the in the in the form of Raheem Harper, uh, Sam Field, and there's there's a couple more as well that I can't quite name off the top of my head. Um, you see, you know, we might not see results next year, the year after, but you know, in five or six years' time. We should be able to start seeing the the results of these these young players coming through the system. Um, yeah, it, it's just systemic dependability is really what it comes down to. You, you just need someone there. We're not. We're, it's. I'm not saying that his appointment is, is going to all of a sudden just change the culture and we're going to start 17, 18, and 19 year olds at Villa. I don't see that happening. But it's definitely just like like I said, just solidifying the culture. I think it's a really good move. I don't think it hurts anything. No, I, I don't think it does either. And you know, Harrison's not the only uh, staff member that we've we've tied down uh, in the last week or so. Um, today, actually, the assistant manager John Terry was handed a contract extension that will see him stay at the club until twenty twenty one. You know, there's been a lot of speculation around Terry's future. Um, he was apparently approached for the West Bromwich Albion job before Slavin Bilic uh, took it. And apparently they were interested in having him at Middlesbrough as well before Jonathan Woodgate had that. Um, so you know he's he's obviously drawing an interest, and Aston Villa want to keep their uh, their managerial squad together. So you know they've offered him a new deal, and he's he's willingly accepted it. Yeah, I, I got some stick from a Chelsea fan at uh at my full time job. Um probably like three or four days ago, uh, he was asking me what's going on with the Villa and everything. And he was like, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're coming for John Terry. He's, he's going he's gonna to come to, to Chelsea. He's going to manage Chelsea. And I looked and I was like, why would he go to Chelsea right now? They're under a transfer ban. They just lost their best player. They've got players coming in who's never played at clubs this size before, before the, you know, before the impending transfer ban. And I looked at him and said, I was like, don't be surprised if you see John Terry get a bumper contract here in the next couple of weeks. And I actually said that. No, honest to God, I actually said that. And he looked at me, he was like, yeah, I don't see that happening. He's gonna he's gonna end Villa. He's gonna do one more season in the Premier League with Villa. If they go down, he'll be Chelsea's manager. So I think with all those things considered, the, the transfer ban, Eden Hazard going, you know, Sarri's culture, what he tried to do at Chelsea, obviously didn't end up the way he wanted it to. He's off to Juventus now. I I think this is just another statement of intent by Aston Villa. They want they want to keep around you know the the core group that was around, not just on the pitch, but also you know with the coaches. Terry still has a lot to learn. He says that almost every time he talks about his coaching experience. He's learning from a really good coach in Hutz. He's learning from a really good coach in O'Kelly. You know, even even big cuts as far as goalkeeper coaches go for Villa, you know, you can even learn a, a bit off him. So it, it's the whole thing. I think it's a statement of intent. You want to keep the in-house people in-house. You don't want them, their heads getting turned which way or another. If I was John Terry, what, what would be the reason for me to go to Chelsea right now? It doesn't seem like a fun place to be. No, and I mean, like, to me, uh, there's more longevity in staying at Aston Villa as assistant manager than going to Chelsea as either manager or assistant manager. 
Yeah, and like say he say by the odd chance, say he doesn't get this contract and he does get his head turned by Chelsea. Obviously, he has a lot of love and admiration. He had a great career there. But let's say his head does get turned. He goes there. We know how how fast that Chelsea just just turns through managers over and over and over again. If you know if they're sitting in seventh in the middle of I don't know October, end of October, and they sack him, that's not doing anything for his managerial experience. That's not a good look on him. It would actually be a black mark on him because he's going to go there with such expectation. I mean, I'm, the flip side is that of that is that the Chelsea supporters may give him more time or may give him or even Frank Lampard more time because they're such legends at Chelsea. I'm not having that. I, I don't think Abramovich would ever, you know, be okay. Yeah, we'll we'll give you your shot, but if you don't perform, you're going to get sacked. And that, that's how Chelsea's culture is. I just don't think it's a good move for John Terry or Frank Lampard at this point of their careers. No, I don't think it is either. And I think, you know, I don't think either of them will take up the job. Uh, well, obviously, Terry won't. He signed the contract extension. But I don't think Lampard will either. I think that, that, that we'll see someone that we won't really expect taking up the mantle at, at Chelsea. And I think they might actually struggle next season. Dare I say that Gary Monk might be going to Chelsea? <laughs> Dare I say that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but that would just be too funny. No, I, I I can't see that happening personally. Maybe someone like Chris Hughton, eh? Yeah, I see. I can see that. But yeah, the, the Gary Monk thing, I mean, we can all just laugh about that. I'm sure everybody's heard the news about that by now. Yeah, I don't think everyone has. Um, but let's let's not talk about the Blues. Let's talk about contract extensions at Villa. Um, there's reports today um, that John McGinn and Jed Steer are being offered new contracts. Now, John McGinn has three years still on his contract um you know he had, he signed a four-year deal uh upon joining he's played obviously a year of it so really this is either going to extend it over for an extra year or an extra two years up to four or five and it's going to give him a bumper wage so it's gonna it's gonna keep him at the club for longer for one and it's going to dispel all these rumors that west ham and leicester are interested in him um because one is i don't think he's going to want to leave the club and two we are in a much better bargaining position um, if if we if we've got him on fifty grand a week for four years um, than if we've got him on twenty grand a week at three years. It, it's simple, really. Um, but Jed Steer has got a year left on his contract, and he's looking to get an extension of around two to three years um, with obviously more money. And the reports from that are saying that he's willing to fight for his place. Uh, between the sticks which highlights the fact that we may be potentially bringing a keeper in yeah there's just so much going on right now with rumors regarding goalkeepers and contract extensions and things like that um it, it it's just my opinion you may have a different opinion i think jed steer should get his shot in the premier league um just for me everything that's happened i mean you look at his career since you know with being at Aston Villa he's been out on loan he's been dropped he's got his place back he's been in that for a 10 game winning streak that got us into the playoffs uh, he's seen international keepers come in I, there's just for him I think that he's earned this and I think that Aston Villa would do their due diligence by handing a player an actual you know a little bit of trust um yeah obviously he's been trusted you know to be the goalkeeper in the championship I think that it's it should be his spot to lose I'm not. I'm not in the coaching staff. I have no idea how they're thinking of it. I just think, and it's it's common sense to me that Jed Steer gets a start. Now I'm okay with him getting a contract extension. 
I, I, I do think he's a really good keeper. He may not be Premier League quality, but he could turn into Premier League quality. He just needs that experience. And then you have the whole thing with Kalinic, and then you have Nyland, and then you have, is, is Butland going to come in the door from Stoke City? And there's so much going on. It's, it's almost like a revolving door every day of these rumors that are circulating. I understand why people want Jack Butland to come to the Villa. He's a fantastic keeper. He's probably most likely going to be England's number one goalkeeper in the future. That goes without saying. But is right now really the time to be forking out the money for a keeper whenever there's other positions on the pitch that people haven't even started talking or discussing about yet for, for depth cover, for squad players, however you want to call it. I, I, I'm just not sure if, if Jack Butlin's the answer right now, maybe in a year when we see where we're at in a year, maybe. But I, I don't know, 20 million is a lot, especially when it's almost like you have a log jam of keepers right now. Yeah, I mean, Kalinic has been linked with a move uh, to Liga 1 with uh, Nantes. Apparently, Kalinic is homesick after six months at the club. So, we're probably going to be saying goodbye to the Croatian number one. Um, which then leaves us, obviously, with Steer and Nyland And, obviously, Sarkic as well. But I believe Sarkic is probably going to get loaned out. Um, so, really, we've been linked with, with Butland. And today, we've been linked with Tom Heaton. Um, but... You know, I think I think we need one of them. Whether whether Steer is the number one, or you know Heaton is, or Butland is, we need. I think we're going to need a goalkeeper just because one. Let's say Steer gets injured, he hasn't got the greatest of records in terms of injuries, um, or he's just you know has god awful form. What are we left with? You know, the 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 process needs to be undertaken, so we've got that that kind of buffer just in case. Um, but yeah, the worrying thing for me is we're being linked with so many goalkeepers and so much uh, talk is around the goalkeeper position when we really need a left back. Yeah, it hasn't been spoken about very much. Of the left back was, what do we have, Neil Taylor? That's that's our left back core right now? Yeah, we've that's been linked got, with Matt Target and that's it. Right, that's got to be taken care of. And I, I was talking to you about it. Where did I see Matt Target's name pop up at? Was it Liverpool? Yeah. Or Yeah, it was Liverpool. If Liverpool comes in and grabs Matt Target, they're going to throw a stupid amount of money at him. He's going to play 16 times this season, and that's going to be that. I, I, you know, so obviously, if if I don't know, I, not not to talk down on the Villa. Obviously, I love the Villa with my heart and soul. But if it, between Villa, who just got promoted, or Liverpool, who just won the Champions League, who would you rather play for right now today? You'd rather play for Liverpool if they come calling. Yeah, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. But so, but he has right. come out and said that he he has dreams of getting in the England squad. And he has dreams of you know playing a week in week out. Um, you know, with with Robertson ahead of him at Liverpool, if he was to sign, he wouldn't be playing week in week out. So if I was him, I'd be I'd be more likely to choose Villa. Right. I mean, if that's the way he feels, you know, I haven't I haven't seen any interviews or anything with him personally to where he he said that. I do trust you that he, that he said that. So if that is the case, then yeah, Villa would be the the better destination for him. I mean, I'm I'm not so sure that Villa don't go out and get get a center mid still. I mean, there, there's places all over the pitch that we could, we could use squad players and even in some cases first team players. I I, I don't know. Are, are we confident in Henry Lansbury and Berker Bjornsson? I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure that Dean Smith's even confident in either of them. I know he speaks at length about how much he likes Lansbury, but I mean, every time Lansbury played last year, it seemed like he was limping off the pitch. So, so you know, what what are we going to do as far as depth with with our three mids? I, I mean, there's just there's so much to consider still with with this this transfer. It's just it's 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 so important for Villa to spend, but not spend crazy amounts. Again, you get the whole doing the Fulham thing, but for me, the defense is more important than any kind of offensive player that you're going that you're going to get. That's that's just my opinion, though. 
I agree. I mean, you mentioned Lansbury. I think Lansbury could actually do a job in the Prem as long as he stays fit. I don't think Bjarnason's going to get much of a look in, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, he's an international. He's an Iceland international. I mean, the Villa try to sell him off and bring somebody else in, or they just keep him around. He didn't seem very happy with not playing much last season. Um, you know, he kind of he's kind of one of those guys. He is Icelandic. He, he wears his heart in his sleeve, and you know, the the body language for me said it all that he wants to play more. But I mean, maybe you know, now that Yednak and Whelan are out of the picture, maybe he does get a little bit more of a look. Maybe he'll sub out like the likes of Jorge move into. A, more more of a central defensive mid role whenever we need to late in games or something like that. But he's going to want to start. His, I mean, he's not he's not getting any younger either. Um, yes, I don't know. There's just there's so much to consider with the transfers. I mean, just talking about the goalkeeper, a left back. What are we going to do in the wings? Is Andre Green going to get a, an actual tangible look? Does Keenan Davis get dispatched out on loan? There, there's just there's so many things to consider. And like I said, Villa's got uh, I think 27 days now to figure it all out. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm starting to get nervous now. I, I remember you said to me a couple of weeks ago, like, uh, I'm a little bit nervous. And I was like, yeah, but there's like eight weeks left until the start of the season. But like things are starting to, starting to get a bit closer now. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, like I, I think I've told you over the past week, I'm, I'm not happy about the fact that we haven't signed an actual tangible center back yet. And like maybe that's a little bit of my anxiety about the Tyra and Mings thing. But like you, Villa's got to get on their horse a little bit here. This is this is you know it, it's going to be two two paychecks if you get paid biweekly, and, and it, the season's going to be here. You know the preseason's going to be in mid swing by that time, and, and you're, you're going up against teams like RB Leipzig. You know late late in your preseason, <laughs> you, you got to get a squad assembled, guys. Like we got to go here. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, obviously, we, we um, Smith and. Perslow came out and said that they don't really want to be bringing in any more loans this season. Um, there's been two talks of loans, uh, really, over this summer so far. The first is uh, Axel Twanzebe, who's been linked with a, a loan move back to Villa should Manchester United sign a new centre-back. Um, but it's been reported that Aston Villa will be very, very serious about there being a buy option in that loan should it happen. Um, so I think that's very interesting, and I think a lot of Villa fans would be extremely happy to see that. Oh, I'd be absolutely over the moon about it. But you again, you have to put a buy clause in there. It's, I, it, I mean, for me, if I was sitting in that room and United after the preseason said, okay, yeah, we're going to go by Harry Maguire, let's just say. Uh, Tuan Zebe is probably going to get game time, so we're going to put him on loan. His preferred destination is the Villa. We'll give him back to you on loan, but you know, we can't have a buy clause. If I was Villa, I'd say, no deal. Not, not even, not even to talk about it. It's, it's not even worth talking about unless you're going to put a, a fee in there. And even if it's a larger fee, I'm, I'm still okay with that. I, I think Axel Twanzebe it has the potential to be a world class talent. I really, really think that. Um, we're only just starting to see it. And yeah, he might have had a little bit of injury woes with his time at the Villa. Some players grow out of that. Some don't. I don't see him really having a problem with it. He has. The, I mean, he sh- he showed so much passion and so much determination in a Villa shirt. I don't think he can show that in a Manchester United shirt, and that sound that, that may sound a little perverse, but I, I he found a home here. It felt like it's the same thing with Mings. It was the same thing with El Ghazi. It's the same thing with Courtney Horse. It seems like they find a home here, and they, they had a real bond with the supporters. So I mean, I've I've I said it, you know, as the season as our season ended, you know, after Wembley, like I I don't know if Twan is going to go back for the preseason. I don't know if he's going to have a great showing. I don't know if you know Schalke is going to want to actually. Give somebody at that age the trust and the faith with every, all the circus that's going on at Manchester United right now. I I I don't know. I mean, I but if, if Villa do go in for Tuanzebe, 
there got to be a buy clause, and I mean they can they can write the check on that one. I, I I don't I don't see Villa ever being like, oh no, the X amount is is too high for us. You have to get them in, and if you get them in, you have to have a buy clause. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I think I think it definitely needs to have a buy clause. You know, there, there's no question about that. Um, but you know, the reports have said that that if Manchester United do let him go, that they'll want him to go to Villa, but they will be potentially placing a buyback option uh, within the deal, which is a bit of an issue for me. Yeah, I've, I'm not big on buyback clauses. I think that's old world football to me. Um, I know that they're not super, super common in today's game. I just think it's an old world thing of, hey, you know, yeah, you can have this player, but, you know, in the event that he does turn out to be a world beater and, you know, through the length of his first contract, we'll give you X amount of, you know, you know, a multiplier of how much you paid for him or however it goes. I just, I, Villa can't get themselves sucked into making really, really bad business decisions like that anymore. And I don't think they will. I think there's people in place that are, you know, smart enough now on a business standpoint to say, no, we're not going to do this. This doesn't help us in the long term. This doesn't help us in the short term. This isn't good for investment. Again, it's a business at the end of the day. Everybody has a bottom line in this sport. I, I don't see Villa being like, yeah, okay, you know, if you give us, I don't know, just to throw a number out, not saying this is realistic, but 40 mil for Axel, you know, Twanzebi as a buyback, we'll agree to those terms. I don't, I don't think Villa's going to do that at all. No, I can't see it happening either. Uh, something else I can't really see happening is the other loan link that we've been been, been hearing, and that's for uh, Chelsea youngster Ethan and Pardew. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's a centre-back by trade, but he can play in defensive midfield. I've seen him play there in the uh, in the Europa League, actually, for Chelsea. And, you know, he's a talented, talented player. You know, he's a young Wales international, obviously senior international, but he's only, I think, 19 or 18. Yeah, he's 18 years old. Um, so, you know, it's something that we, we would want to look at if it was in a permanent um, you know, it's another case of developing someone else's players, players, and sending them back as a, as a better star, basically. Um, and you know, I can't see it happening really. And Pardew is a talent, and it's someone that we should be looking at, but only if it's it's a permanent basis. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of this one. I, I'm a part of me says it's a bit lazy journalism because obviously, uh, Padu comes from Chelsea. You know, the link with John Terry, John Terry's like, hey, you know, you know, he could obviously make that call. What's his availability? We would love to have him in. But again, we're, we're Premier League now. And if Empadu is going to come through the door, even as a squad you know, player, if, if him and Courtney Horse are the, are the squad options for cover for, for the Villa this year, I would be OK with that. But again, I want to buy in clause. I want to be able to purchase this player at the end of his loan. Um, it, it's so crazy to hear him being linked with Villa because you heard a lot about Ethan Impadu over the past two years. And again, he's only 18. So like, really, he, he's been being covered and, you know, there's been being a light, you know, shined upon him since he was 16 years old or so. Um, he, he is a very good player. I, I, again, he can play CDM. He can play a little bit of central mid. He can play, you know, as a center back. He has a lot of talent. But, you know, if Villa's going to bring that talent in, we need an option to keep that talent here. Um, again, I don't think that Villa's going to go and pay an astronomical. I'm, I'm sure Empadu's on a pretty, pretty decent wage coming from Chelsea. Um, I don't think that he comes here just as a loan. And if 
if he does, I you got to have a buy clause in it. But I'm not sure he's the type of player that, you know, because of his age and not getting a lot of time in the prem. I don't know if that's something that Dean Smith would technically be interested in. So on one hand, it seems like lazy journalism. On the other hand, it could be like the John Terry influence all over again. But I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, we definitely need, like you said, another two to three center backs to to really solidify that this uh this spine. Yeah, but as we've just said, I, I really can't see it being a party. Um, but, you know, there's under 30 days until the USA. The game against Minnesota. Um, and in those 30 days, I think we need to certainly make at least five signings. So you sound you sound a lot more nervous now that I laid out why I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> like your tone of voice has totally changed as we started this. After wow, Mark's bringing up good points. Maybe I should start being a little nervous too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just something that you know. Obviously, once you reflect on it, and especially you reflect on it with someone else, um, it ends up being quite quite a worrying thing when you actually look at it at, at face value. Um, I do I do have trust that everything will be okay and Villa will get good bits of business done in the next two to two and a half weeks but man they're 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 shaving skin at this point for me i i wanted this not everything to be finalized by now but i at least wanted to like at least a tyrone mings give me a left back by now and then like start to fill out the squad a little bit more but i mean i i don't think it's panic stations just yet i think you're gonna see things you know with 20 days to go happen but man it's it's definitely a little nervy yeah, fingers crossed that things happen. Um, I think that's probably the best place to end this week's episode. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please, you know, like us, subscribe us, give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, you can follow us on all our socials on Twitter at Villa Lamp, uh, on Facebook at uh, Under a Gaslit Lamp, our Instagram with the exact same handle. Um, you can view our website underagaslitlamp.com for all the latest news, opinion, statistical analysis and more. And uh, if you do follow us on Twitter or Facebook, you'll have known that we are currently working on a magazine uh, that should be available to pre-order early August and collect or be delivered to you by mid-August. Um, if you've not heard anything about that yet, check our pinned tweet and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. 